0: Forget everything that you think you know about comics. Some say the battle of good versus evil is never ending because evil always survives. Some say that there are two types of people in this world, those who drink beer and those who enjoy a good comic. Well, damn it, we are the bridge. And to that we say cheers. We are your guardians, your watchful protectors from everything mundane. Because in the real world, you either die a hero or you drink long enough to see yourself become the villain. There's a war going on out there. How can you be sure you're on the right side? The ageless debate of what's right and wrong brought to your headphones with the simplest of solutions. With great beer comes great responsibility. And we accept that responsibility. For in brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape our sight. We are hop heroes, bringing the relevance of great beer and comic book stories to light. another edition of Hop Heroes, the show where we talk about our favorite drinks and our favorite heroes. I'm your host Jordan Earth, and with me, as always, we have talented artists and comic enthusiast, Jr. Gonzalez. What's up, Jordan? What's up, baby boy? Your shirt sucks. And then we got our boy Zach Barlow, our third host. How you living, kid? What up? <laughs> 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 we are all excited for this episode. So the Raiders. Today, normally, as you guys know, we talk about our favorite drinks as well as our favorite heroes and the Happenings of the Comic Book Universe. But right now, there is a hole in the world, folks. A hole in the heart of the world that was previously filled with sports that has been empty for a while now with all the COVID going on. And this Thursday evening... That hole is being filled with the NFL draft. And it is not quite the comic book universe, but it is the real life universe. And we dabble our toes in that every once in a while. So we're still drinking beer, um, but we are talking some football today. And we have a very special guest on with us to kind of prep us for the draft and talk about everything that's going to be happening, Um, especially with the Seahawks, but probably with a little bit of those Patriots that J.R. is repping on his shirt today as
1: well. So, (laughs) Going to be a... (laughs)
2: just just jerry you're the only remaining patriots fan in the country maybe
1: that makes no sense i will remain i mean forever till i die like you're just gonna gonna stop
2: watching footballs which what's really gonna happen
1: you pick up knitting or something (laughs) yeah i'll watch it it'll be fine Making
0: bread's really hot right now
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it's gonna Mm -hmm.
0: be a good time it's gonna be a little different a little unorthodox but we'll have some fun with it um Going into our beverage breakdown today. Break it down again. The beer we decided to go with was one that we've been, uh, requested to go with for a while now. Our good friend Britton Ransford over at Butte Brand, uh, requested that we talk about Snailbones IPA from Elysian. Um, and I've had it a couple times, but I only see it here and there. Do you guys see it around the stores in Washington pretty often? yeah i do yeah mm-hmm. well it's a beautiful can i mean it's got a a snail a little psychedelic snail on it with all these colors and swirls and and it's uh an imperial ipa so you know that it is a good one and a heavy one um for those that don't know imperial ipa just means it's basically a double ipa so it's going to be a little hoppier a little more extreme than your standard indian pale ale but oof. also a higher abv right Higher ABV, it'll get you drunk. Usually a little bit darker color. Um, the uh, the head, as you will, is typically a little more tan or beige. Not quite that white, foamy, frothy head that you get from the typical lighter IPAs. And this pour is just fucking awful. <laughs> uh, I thought 90%. you were professional, bro. Yeah. A professional drinker, I that's a professional pourer. <laughs>
1: um, he wouldn't be a great bartender, but he'll... Go ahead and pay the bartender's bills. <laughs> oh, I could
0: chat. The, I could chat your ear off. I'll tell you that much. That's, that's Bartending one hundred and one. Uh, uh, but it, obviously, it comes from Elysian Brew, um, Elysian Brewery. It's based out of Washington. But as we all know, we've done Elysian beers before. They went corporate. They got bought up by Anheuser Busch, and uh, they're everywhere now. So um, they're yeah. they're they're not quite the home city Seattle brand that we came to love. Once Space does hit the shelves, so just kind of yep. blew up. So let's yep. throw this baby and, back.
1: They're they're located in uh, Georgetown, the original brewery, right? I I've toured that one before.
0: That's in Seattle, yeah.
1: Yeah, and uh, I've actually got to see all the the huge tanks. I mean, compared to like Silver City Brewery, these these freaking tanks are like monsters. That's what you get to. when you sell out. Yeah, yeah, you, they're huge. You get that, that and, corporate uh, funding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually one of my uh, my accounts that I have for sales, So, um, I got to walk around and, and, and cool. get to, yeah, she walked me around. They have a nice, uh, like tap room in the back. You know, they, they bought, they added another building not too long ago. Uh, I mean, it just aisles and aisles and aisles of, of beer everywhere. So, um, Sounds I don't like drink beer. So, <laughs> yes, yeah. <exactly. laughs> I don't really drink it, but I got to tour a nice brewery. <laughs>
0: Well, to get to the beer, the head—it's got—it's got a lot of fruity scents coming out of it, a peach forward, I'd say, which was not what I was expecting. If you look at the color, it's kind of a goldenrod with a a beige, beige frothy head there. Um, the flavor profile—it's definitely more subtle than a Space Dust. Space Dust is like a hop fucking sledgehammer. Uh, this is it. more of a a fruit forward, fruit forward IPA. It's definitely got um, some peach in there. Uh, if you look on the the website, Beer Advocates, the one I usually check out, talks about guava, notes, and grapefruit. I can definitely see this, the um, <clears throat> the acid, the acidic bite of the grapefruit. Um, guava, I mean, who the fuck's going to point guava out of a lineup when it comes to flavor? Not me, but it uh, happens to be in there. <laughs> um, 9.2% ABV. Uh, beer Advocates got it at a beer score of 89, uh, which is very good. Uh, and if you look at the reviews, a lot of the people say they love the flavor, but it tasted old. It tasted stale. And huh. I know with the hazier IPAs, their shelf life is much less. And this isn't technically a hazy, but it's very fruit forward. So I imagine it's similar in that ballpark, in that ballpark of, uh, of longevity. And what got me to thinking, now that Elysian so mainstream, I'm sure this shit sits on shelves much longer than it would have if it was just locally in the market in Seattle. So that might be something that they're running into with all these fruit forward IPAs that they put out there is that they're going to be sitting on shelves for longer. So they got to they be conscious of that. Well,
2: think about the shipping, too, even before it hits the shelf. Yeah. Like, if they're going to be a, a countrywide brewery, then they're going to have to find a way to ship the beers across the country, which is going to take time for them to get to wherever they're going, which might affect, especially if it's a fruit-forward IPA, like you're saying. hmm Yeah. And if they're exactly. a lesser-known brand, not everybody... I mean, I think in Seattle, everybody knows Elysian, obviously, but they sold out, so like I don't know them anymore. I used to know them, but anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, like <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I think the rest of the country to them is just a rando, uh, brand. So they might not get the same traction, at least at first, which could contribute to their, the shelf life being longer as well.
0: Yeah. And I will say for those that don't know illusion and they're out there and they see it, these cans and these boxes will catch your eye. Like obviously the vomiting hop that's on the space desk is pretty, pretty well known, but the tiger glow or the day glow with the tiger laser eyes, like Zach was even saying, I remember an episode. He doesn't even like that beer that much, but he always buys it because of the box. <laughs> just, I've literally, just, I know I don't so cool like up. that
2: beer, and I bought it multiple times knowing I don't like it because, it because I like cool. the box so much.
0: And then you get the, the snail bones has like a psychedelic snail on it. Like, there's just they got they got they got great artwork, and that's gonna catch the eye of the uh, the average Joe out there doesn't know what they're looking for. So <clears throat> Zach, that concludes our beverage breakdown. Now let's. Get into the rest of the episode Because it's going to be pretty nice the the Let's uh uh, let's, let's enjoy the spirit. It's a good stuff. Um, and then we're gonna be talking some football. And this Thursday is gonna be crazy because this is the first time, obviously. There's been a pandemic during an NFL draft. I would I would venture to guess. And uh, they're doing everything indoors. Um, so a virtual draft. It's like the ultimate fantasy draft. Um, everybody's gonna be bar or armchair quarterbacks, like they say. I
2: have no idea what to expect. Like is that is it going It's gonna be televised though. Yeah
0: oh yeah it's gonna be Is it just gonna network, be a ESPN. fucking zoom call i like screen shared i don't know but it's gonna be amazing there's gonna be so much technological fucking bullshit like i was listening to the radio today and john schneider uh gm for the seahawks he was talking about what he had to do like his house they have terrible wi-fi and and cell service so he had to have somebody come tear down all the walls of his house and build like this like data fucking <laughs> track in their house just so they could draft
2: Imagine All being for his the wife, draft dude yeah
0: <laughs> like because imagine fucking... having like a inner
2: like a power outage or something and you're on the clock <laughs> yeah dude you have it's to prepare like for that changing. shit
0: changing you get sim like if you get if you're if you drop your connection in a fantasy draft like it sucks because you get sim you get auto picked but like i don't know if they're gonna have that technology in the nfl if you, who's an auto pick the best on mel kiper's fucking big board like that's gonna be weird um, so oh, I'm just so excited for the chaos that's Jeez. guaranteed to ensue. Um, so we'll uh, all of our questions will be answered by our very special guest coming up after this short break. Currently, or as we like to be called, our hop heads. This is your friendly neighborhood host, Jordan Erath. Just checking in to make sure your quarantine is going okay. I know it's a little crazy right now. Um, This episode, I promise you, is full of a lot of fun and should uh, take your mind off of whatever is currently happening, um, positive or negative. So, if it's positive, keep 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 thinking about what you're thinking about. Um, But this episode of Hop Heroes is brought to you by Butte Brand which is a business startup with uh, our one and only Britton Ransford, a good friend of the show, and uh, his peers. And they are not only providing dope-ass headwear, stylish and efficient sweatshirts and shirts, but they have paired up with Waterboys, who um, are led by Chris Long, uh, former NFL d end, and my personal good friend. Not really. Um, and they are doing such a great service to... The communities that they are providing um water to. They are providing fresh water and every purchase you make on Buttebrand.com or through ButteBrand uh goes to providing fresh water to those need it. So obviously right now there's so much chaotic shit occurring and just so much nastiness and so much darkness. But there are those that are providing the light, and Butte Brand is one of them, and Waterboys is as well. So please support those that are providing the light right now and find the time to at least peruse their website. You know, I guarantee you'll, you'll find something that you'll enjoy, and it will bring a great cause with the purchase. So thank you so much, Butte Brand, and here's back to the show. And welcome back. We have myself, Jordan Areth, Jr. Gonzalez, and Zach Barlow here, and we have a very special guest with us, one that we're very excited about. Uh, Mr. Alistair Corp from Field Goals is with us. How are you doing, Alistair?
3: Yeah, I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on. How are you guys doing tonight? Living we're doing the dream.
0: fantastic. <laughs> we're talking I'm, I'm drinking beer, and they're not, so I'm a little bit better
3: than you are. <laughs> Perfect. You're a little bit out <laughs>
0: What are you drinking over there, man? You're in what? Vancouver, BC, is that right?
3: Yeah, well, uh, an island just across the ocean from it, essentially. Um, but yeah, just drinking. Uh, it's called Phillips Phoenix. It's just a nice, crisp lager. Uh It's pretty much just kind of my go-to. Um, you know, it's it, it's getting about the time where you want to start looking for maybe some hef or sours, but it's kind of overcast, so just went with a with a simple lager tonight, which is uh, which is perfect, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely,
0: man! It. Right love there it. with you. Let's get into that summer beer time, hopefully. And summer beers inside, hopefully. you know? Never
3: used <laughs> any of those. <laughs> Perfect.
0: So uh pull
3: open the blinds and enjoy the sunshine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Lay man. your
0: feet put your feet up on your recliner or your ottoman and take in the rays through the glass,
3: <laughs> you know?
2: Sit on your what, patio, uh,
0: pull, pour
2: a sour and just sunbathe. Dude, the sour <laughs> sounds so good right now. The
3: ideal summer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. The armchair summer. Um, so Alistair, you are a deputy editor of field goals. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Right on, man. And just for you guys that don't know, um, field goals is a, is the Seahawks website for all information you need, uh, regarding everything Seahawks and Alistair is a big part of that. I learned a lot just following him on Twitter. Um, because the guy posts videos, just content so much about the Seahawks. And he, from what I can tell is a Chris Carson fan, and I'm the biggest Chris Carson fan. So oh man he's a, he's a great follow i might have compared chris carson to walter payton the other day on twitter you
2: absolutely did for it. you
0: uh, absolutely did if people start calling out his fumbles i'm going to compare him to the best fumbler out there so that's what i did um uh, <laughs> but alistair you know tell us a little bit about what you do man how because how, I, I i personally started tried to start getting into the sports writing game um didn't quite pan out but uh you're doing very well in the game and i'm just very interested in your story man
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like you, I always, uh, you know, I wanted to be a sports writer uh, kind of growing up and um, kind of my my adolescence was perfectly matched up with with what I would say is like field goals heyday or, you know, you had Danny Kelly, Jackson, Kenneth, um, Mm -hmm. Zach Whitman. Like there's just so much talent that came through there. So it uh, had a tremendous influence on me as far as, you know, um, these were just kind of guys writing on their side, you know, on the time, to- on the time that they had. Uh, and so, you know, it was just something kind of pursued and, uh, you know, it is something that I, I went to school for now trying to kind of move forward with it. But, um, yeah, so it, it was able to start writing for the site kind of towards the end of, uh, Danny Kelly's time. And, uh, I was just kind of taking on more responsibilities as the time has gone on, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's something that isn't, isn't lost on me how, how cool of an opportunity it is. So I'm-, I'm trying to kind of carry forward the, uh, the pretty awesome reputation that, that it grew uh, during Danny's time because, yeah, it it was an amazingly talented site at that time, and I think it still is for sure.
0: Oh, absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. And Danny Kelly, that's the now 710 ESPN Danny Kelly? I uh,
3: know that's a Danny O'Neill. Danny Kelly writes for The Ringer, which is with Bill Simmons' site.
0: Oh, shit, that's right. I was oh, supposed I to make stuff on Twitter. Yeah, so that is a ton of talent. Obviously, Kenneth Arthur did, did a little bit of Rolling Stone. Um, so you got, yeah, just... Heaps the talent of their field goals and, and the content, you know, speaks to that. So it's, that's very cool, man. And we're very excited that you decided to come on with us. Appreciate that so much. Um, obviously, we're having you on to talk the NFL draft, which is this Thursday. And this is the first draft of its kind. I mean, it's going to be incredibly unique, incredibly bizarre being a virtual draft. What What do you expect to see on Thursday night?
3: Uh, a lot of errors, a lot of, uh, pauses in time. Um, you know, I was talking about it with a buddy today and, and I'm kind of nervous that it's going to be like a five, six hour event on Thursday because, uh, everything it sounds like is like, uh, if they're talking trade and the clock is running out, that there's kind of an honor system that they'll just kind of halt everything and not let a team like jump over them. Oh, really? Uh, and so I am, yeah. So I'm genuinely concerned that there's going to be a point where, you know, there's 45 minutes passed with nothing having happened. Um, So hopefully that, uh, you know, all the kinks are ironed out ahead of time, but uh, I'm kind of prepared for the worst, to be honest with you. I'm not really giving like NFL general managers a, a lot of a lot of faith when it comes to technology. <laughs> um, well, I'll yeah. see you know, I don't I, I'm, not, I'm not too worried about being proven wrong, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Who do you, so, you think is going to be the worst? What team's going to freaking tank it?
3: Uh, in terms of technology, the, the, the betting favorite has to be the Giants with Gettleman. Um, as far as the actual draft goes, I, I kind of think the Detroit Lions are going to take Derek Brown, who's kind of a nose tackle, and if that's what their pick is, then they've tanked it, because that would be a really bad selection, I think.
0: At, what is Detroit three or four?
3: They're three. And,
0: and Brown's like a, a one-two down guy, right? He's not really a pass rusher.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Like he's a fine, like, you know, maybe they're drafting the best run defender in the NFL, but they're still drafting the best run defender in the NFL as opposed to somebody <laughs> who can like, you know, yeah, sack the quarterback, which the is,
0: too. yeah, that's a dying.
2: Exactly. Yeah. That thought
3: process. That scares me a bit. So wait, sure. I have a
0: question
2: about, about the logistics of the draft. Are we saying that if uh, the clock runs out on a team, there's going to be an honor system where the team can essentially the clock running out doesn't matter anymore
3: yeah that's my understanding which is wow. a terrible idea
2: oh my gosh that is that's pretty big that's huge well, it just leads you to just, like people
0: can just say oh i, I know I'm having technical people can sit back
2: and think about it like mm, <laughs> let me just let me just negotiate <laughs> this trade for the next hour and a half see what i can come up with
0: seriously
3: <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's gonna be brutal so and, uh, ethics yes.
0: there you know it's gonna be it's gonna be dark okay well Heading into the draft, Seahawks have the 27th overall pick, and I'm not sure. Can you see our screens, by the way, Alistair, or are you just strictly on the phone?
3: Uh, yeah, no, I can see your guys' screens. you see JR's shitty shirt?
1: <laughs> Shut the fuck up.
3: <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure the shirt you're referring to, but...
0: <laughs> uh, it's a Patriot shirt. It's awful. So... Uh... <laughs> a lot of fun developments in that world today with the whole Gronk coming back, but we yeah. can get to that later. We'll, we'll wait. We'll wait. Till I Thank get you. More, Appreciate buzz it. on Before I can we'll start just, railing you on that. But just keep. <laughs> what do you foresee from the Seahawks in this draft? You know what? Or actually, how about this? You're the expert. Zach, what do you want to see happen to the Seahawks? And then let's, let's compare. You know, let's see if your answers, your questions will be answered.
2: What do we got to do to get Trayvon Diggs? That's my question. <laughs> you want Steph- uh. Stephon Diggs' brother? Yeah, I'm trying to get that cornerback. I'm trying to, I'm trying to rebuild the the Legion, bro. I need that. I need a big, lanky, athletic cornerback that can cover any number one receiver and is super physical and can come up and stop the run. I really like Trayvon Diggs. What can we do to get him? Go ahead, Jordan. No. I'm so that's you, mean, want, like, tall, you want you want a
3: athletic. a lanky corner who who can tackle and make plays.
2: Yes. Precisely.
3: So why do you why do you want Trayvon Diggs then? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Trayvon Diggs is a tall dude. Can he uh, not tackle? <laughs> I love it. I, go what in, is, dude. Just go in what's on. Him, your, what's your what's your
2: who's Trayvon Diggs to you? Give me give me your. your uh, uh, I think your, he
3: is right. a really. S- I think he's a sound cover corner, um, but I think that he made. A ridiculous amount of business decisions as far as effort as far as tackling goes uh, I'm surprised that Nick Saban didn't bench him and I probably wouldn't touch him like beyond the third round um, oh wow and I don't I don't really think Seattle would be interested yeah and you know what like there, there are a lot of people who, who love him but there are a lot of people who hate him as well um, and it's just enough for me to be kind of like scared off you know I'm not really interested in him also I think that Shaquille Griffin is kind of the player that you described so so they're set in that regard
0: or Quentin Dunbar, dog. Quentin
2: Dunbar. Yeah, I
3: mean, I think, I think it's a talented secondary. I'm, I'm a lot higher on the secondary than most people. I think. I think they're like five, six talented players deep. Mm. Five. So to
2: where do six. you think the Seahawks are going to go?
3: I mean, my heart says either defensive end or defensive tackle. Um, my head says somewhere that people are going to be pretty upset about whether that's offensive line, running back. Or, I hate to say it, but there are some whispers starting to start about tight end, uh, despite the oh, fact that they have, like, nine
0: God. on the roster right now. Well, that's what I was going to wow. ask about offensive line. Why would they go offensive line when they have 18 offensive linemen rostered after all these signings?
3: Yeah, I mean, like, there may be, you know, there's a case to be made to draft a tackle just because, like, there's a lot of long-term uncertainty there, but... For me, it's just, like, you just have to address the pass rush. It's just not good enough yet. And there are, like, a couple high-level talents that should be available, like, in the 27 or, you know, mid-30s if they trade back, like, should be available in that area. And it just needs to be addressed. Like, it has not been addressed sufficiently yet.
0: And it never will be, <laughs> I feel like, with those guys. John, John Steiner doesn't give a shit about left tackles, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what about Clowney? what's happening man what What are your thoughts and what's going to be the outcome because everybody's I and mean by everybody i mean most of seattle is waiting just for a decision to be made like at least something and there's just no news
3: yeah it's it's killing me to be honest with you i i was like a couple of days before free agency opened i'd come kind of come to grips that like oh, okay he'll get signed to like a really big money deal elsewhere right away like whatever it's mm-hmm. fine it was a fun season but now it's been like a month long saga that just is like messing with everybody consistently and, and like is going to make it more painful if he leaves because it seems like he's super available. Um, you know, I, I think that he'll end up in Tennessee and, and probably Seattle ends up with Everson Griffin. Um, but, you know, if that market just never develops, like if all of a sudden he can take a physical in a team facility, say three months from now, and that team doesn't like what he sees, maybe he comes back to Seattle um, but at this point I, I would be more surprised than not uh, if he did come back to the Seahawks, which, which sucks. Cause I think he was phenomenal last year. Yeah.
2: What's the
1: issue? What's the issue with them? And I mean, he, he got... wants too much money, doesn't he? Is is it money really the issue?
3: Uh, I mean, I I would imagine if, if Seattle was offering him something that was kind of like in line with his expectation he would assign. But I think yeah. like for him, the big problem seems to be he's had, he had a microfracture surgery, like, four or five years ago and usually the work that's done on those surgeries like it breaks down after five years um so by all accounts it's like teams actually want to you know bring him to the facility and have their doctors take a look at him rather than like an independent doctor um before they were willing to offer him that money which like it just it was like um the perfect mix of terrible circumstances for him this free agency like I almost feel bad for the guy uh it's brutal yeah
0: yeah man that's that's just terrible timing right before his big payday like, and he deserves it. I mean, he's he's a, obviously a phenom and he's a freak athlete. And if he, if we can lock him up for fifteen million a year, I mean, come on, you know. But I, I, I'm really I'm really sad to hear that you think that he's going to Tennessee because like obviously like that's been talked about a lot. Same with Cleveland, and I I, I hate to see him in any other jersey at this point because I just love I love his just chaotic. Mentality, same with same with the reason I love Chris Carson, and I was hoping that all these things were aligning, the plans were aligning with COVID to make sure that he couldn't take a physical, so he has to come to Seattle. And you're still <laughs> saying he's going somewhere else, man. Like, damn it, that hurts my that <laughs> hurts my heart. But I did hear John Clayton say today that if they wait till Monday, then the compensatory pick thing is out the window because restricted free agency is over. So Tennessee is just waiting till Monday so they don't lose a pick next year because they lost Conklin. So is that what you think their strategy is? they waiting out the draft and then waiting to <clears throat> not lose any picks next year?
3: Maybe that plays into the the equation for them a little bit, but i like I wouldn't even be surprised if he's out there till like you know mid may longer um and then he signed like I don't know that that's weighing in too much into their equation um but I'm also somebody who kind of i think some people really like overvalue and overrate co- uh, comp picks like yeah, they're fine, but I, I don't know how much they play into the thinking. Like we saw Seattle this year, they they lost out on a they're like they're they are like they they will not get a comp pick uh, for Clowney because they signed B J Finney. Like they, <laughs> it, if they really played it that much, like I think they would have played that a little differently. They just don't seem to value it. That doesn't that isn't to say like no front offices do, and you know Tennessee is is John Robinson who comes from New England, and New England has played the comp pick formula like as well as anybody outside of Baltimore over the last decade. So it definitely could weigh into their thinking. Um, but yeah, I'm not too sure with that, to be honest with you.
0: Gotcha. Okay, well, I've got two beers in me now so we can talk Patriots. Uh, Jr. what are your hopes? What, for, first off, where are the Patriots picking and what are your hopes that they do in the draft?
1: Uh, right now, I just hope they win a football game here or there um, <laughs> That's right now. In the draft? Um, you want to win a football game in the yeah, draft? Yeah, just I don't care. <laughs> what they pick. Um, No, I I know it's really tough because it it was such a mass exodus with everybody almost. And um, right now they're celebrating jerseys, which doesn't seem like a Patriot thing. You know, usually it's... How do you feel about the jerseys, by the way? New
0: uniforms?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah new uniforms. And um, I feel uh, they're fine. They're trash. They look great. I mean, they're always the great colors, so I don't really care. Um, But... Uh, you know, I, I'm hoping they they figure out this quarterback situation. I don't really know Stidham that all, other than he sucked at the games that he played in. And um, didn't they get Hoyer, dude? Oh yeah, <laughs> <Got> to... <laughs> I can't even talk about that anymore. The legend, <laughs> man. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I don't know. There's been a lot of talk of just giving it up this whole season and not doing it. so. I mean, I, I think they'll pick some uh, some players for the future, which is something that. Um, you think they'll I'm pick some players to. for the future in the I draft? Think, I don't
2: think the Patriots <laughs> yeah. are folding this season. I absolutely I, do not. I, just, I feel like Bill Belichick is not about to fold a season and then and then pick for the future. He's going to try to win now and he's going to try to make trades and, and beat Tom. Like I think there's a uh, feud yeah. now between Belichick and Brady. Do they and even see each other,
0: the, the Patriots and the Bucks? Like I
1: don't even no, know. They're going to they
2: they're going to watch each other's record. It's a blow, <laughs>
3: That
1: uh, what's your thoughts, Alice? It's too I'm too emotionally involved half the time with these conversations, so I can't really think straight.
3: Well, I'm I'm kind of curious as a Patriots fan. Like, if they were to go through, say, like 20 years of mediocrity after this, would you be like fairly okay? Like, you lived the most charmed fan life of all time for the past 20 years. Like, are are you going to be that upset if they all of a sudden become? awful for for the next couple of decades uh
1: not really i you know i have i've been a patriot fan pretty much my whole life i mean from drew bledsoe i mean I've, I've only seen two quarterbacks my whole life as a Fuck patriot you. fan but um and maybe two kickers <laughs> i mean they're going to new kickers but um maybe a bunch of Super Bowl. but i, I think i'll be okay i think i have been spoiled Fuck off. um God damn it. and it's really i, I think i'm I, I was a little bit re- i was relieved that i don't have to like have my spot on my sofa and not move only when commercials arrive so i feel like that's gone <laughs> and i don't have to like yell at anybody when they're like walking in front of the tv you know and um not be that's stressed what's gonna out
2: happen. i feel like he's just gonna stop watching football yeah you, I, you, I will, you
1: say that now but give it 10 years and you'll be missing i think <laughs> i'll be okay um i, I think it, it's already a change i mean you get it's already going to be a big change in my life. I, my wife's birthday is literally Super Bowl weekend, and she's had to give up a lot of birthdays. And uh, I think I so owe her. That's the, the a most humble bit. brag I've ever heard in my life. By I'm, the just way. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Because he the cup. the Humble brag. <laughs>
2: We've oh, never God. been able to celebrate her birthday. There's just been so many Super it's Bowls. It's been tough. It's been exhausting. <laughs> it's winning. The key's going it's a really
1: on. expensive weekend for me.
0: <laughs> All right. Oh, honest, wow. honest opinion, Alistair. What's the Buccaneers record
3: after getting Gronk next year? I don't know that. I mean, so the funny thing is, is like, People are celebrating all these like offensive weapons around Brady, and it just everybody seems to be losing the fact that like the weak spot of the offense is Brady. Like he was super average <laughs> last year. Yeah,
1: right.
3: um, <laughs> I, I I think they'll be like they'll be in the fight for the wild card. Um, I would say like ten and six isn't out of the question. Like I think I think Bruce Arians is an amazing head coach. Uh, and like Brady's just, not going to Brady's not going to lose is, like Winston was. So
0: I'm sorry, you think Bruce Arians is an amazing head coach?
3: Oh, dude! I I think the world of Bruce Arians. I I love the guy. With his I think he's like hat a gift to the NFL. <laughs> he's he's awesome, man. He he's the coolest dude in the world. The NFL needs more characters like Bruce Arians.
0: I agree. With, he's a great <laughs> villain, just as <laughs> fucking John Harbaugh. <laughs> he's
3: a, exactly, and those guys are like a, a tremendous gift. Wouldn't you kill to have that Niners Seahawks rivalry back? Like that was. That was as good as it ever got, as far as rivalries go, yeah. and, oh, and it's gone. It was, it was such, no? it
0: was so fun, and that's why I was so stoked last year because it's it is kind of back, but Shanahan's such a fucking sally that it's not. But it was John is is in Baltimore, right? Jim was Jim was yeah. our our guy. I yeah, him, he makes all the time. But yeah, that like the disdain from Pete and Jim that like the subtle disdain, like you can tell they didn't like each other from Stanford and USC, but they really didn't like each other in the NFL, and they just oh man, God, I missed that. You're right.
3: They. It was amazing. They they hated one another. It was it was crazy. It was like you never see Pete kind of like lose his composure. No, and uh, like the what's your deal game. It's just like whoa, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It was a it was a beautiful out. But yeah, so like B A great for the great for the NFL in the same regard where he's he's a nice like foil and he's uh, just he's a fun personality to have around. I think. No, he
2: Who has is? a better he record. Is. The Bucks or the Pats.
3: Oh, pff, the box is I don't think it's even really that close. Like <laughs> Yeah.
0: Why aren't the Pats going after Cam Newton?
3: You know, it's I don't know. I don't is know. Anybody like going after I Cam think right they're
0: now? No, but the Pats are so desperate right now for a QB, you know. Yeah.
3: I'm surprised like I would I would have thought they would have made a move for any of like Dalton Winston or or Cam. Um like and I think I think the Chargers would have been a perfect landing spot for Cam, but um, Anthony Lynn, their head coach, like has this bizarre affinity for Tyrod Taylor, going back to <laughs> oh, Buffalo, and I like, like seems dead set on starting him. And it's the weirdest thing. Like it's going to cost him his job just just having faith in the like 35th best quarterback in the NFL. It's bizarre. I
0: heard I heard a scenario today that Tua falls past Herbert, which is just mind blowing to me because Herbert's going to be a flop, like Eason, but. Goes to the Jags and Jags pass on him as well because they want to ride the Minshew train, which fucking go Cougs, let's go. And somehow Tua gets falls all the way down to New England and they get Tua in the draft and they have I, the next. He
1: falls down because of the Wonderlick test. Are you <laughs> the Wonderlick, the history of injury,
0: <laughs> and the no no ability to like have in person interviews? So it's like if Tua falls to the Patriots, I'm gonna fucking kill somebody. And it's probably the no nowhere. It's probably going to be it, you, man. It would be disgusting.
1: Yeah. I would, <laughs> I would have so to nice. say that's the I'd rather have that block. than
0: Trevor Lawrence, though, if they do the whole fucking flop for Trevor Lawrence game. Like, I don't know who would rather <laughs> not see in a Patriots uniform than Trevor Lawrence.
3: Yeah, I just think, like, you know, regardless of anybody's opinion on Bill Belichick, like, he's not stupid. I think he knows that Stidham isn't shit. And so they're going to like they're, they're going to get a QB one way or another. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's Love, Tua somehow, um, Cam, any of the veterans free agents. Uh, like there's just no way it's Sidem. If it's Sidem, I'll be I'll be beyond shocked.
0: That yeah. I mean, Matt Castle had a good little little spurt there, but that's like you can't get carried away. It's not going to happen to all the backups. Um, all right. Well, let's get a couple couple round uh lightning round questions your way. Just just First reaction. What's the Seahawks record at the end of this
3: season? Eleven and five.
0: Love it, love it. What is the position they upgrade the most in the draft?
3: Defensive line.
0: And who is your favorite Seahawk candidate in this draft?
3: Yeter Grossmatos. Say that one more time. Yeter <laughs> Grossmatos.
0: Oh, is that the Penn State? Okay. Yeah. So that's D end? Yeah. All right. Perfect. So they're going to upgrade the defensive line. Um, Z, what, what's your question? What, what, what do you think you want to ask our boy right now? If
2: you, were, if you were the GM, like, what moves would you make? What do you think is separating the Seahawks from the current state they're in to winning the Super Bowl? Like if you could sign a free agent or do anything, what what move would you make if you were like, you know what, win now season? Like we're, we need a Super Bowl this season. What what are you doing to make that happen?
3: Uh, doubling down by signing Clowney and Efferson Griffin, uh, cutting Justin Britt to do so, and then also drafting a pass rusher with the first round pick, and like having a, a ten deep pat like defensive line rotation Dang. because that's what they're missing.
2: All oh, pass rush, all about it. <laughs> you think you think Chris Carson is is our feature back? that he's he's the answer.
3: I uh, in 2020, yes.
2: Why do you say in I don't 2020? not Oh, after that you think he's he's done.
3: Yeah, I I just don't I don't I don't think they're going to extend him. Uh yeah, as much as I'd like to see it, I don't think they will.
0: All right. I, I sadly agree with you, man. You Can't pay the guy that can't stay on <laughs> yeah. the field. He gets he broke his hip just, last just, year. Just, Who breaks their fucking hip, dude? I just like, don't think I'm as high on Chris Carson as, as you guys are. I'm
2: what, as high it just, it just on his, cool. his
0: his what he puts out in the field. Like he is, but uh, he the closest... can't stay
2: on the field. The best the best ability is what? What do they say? The best the best ability is durability. <laughs> durability, yeah, exactly. Like this dude can Like when he's on the field, it's great. But he he hasn't completed a single season, and I, I don't think as a Seahawk.
0: No, but he only missed what and
2: the
3: frustrating... two
0: games last year.
3: Yeah, and the and the playoffs, but it's like the frustrating thing is it's like it's not he's not getting hurt by like getting hit. It's the hits he's giving out to dudes that's like causing the the injuries. Like he is just too punishing on himself, really. Just like sometimes he could, he has an opportunity to duck like out of bounds he until, and he'll like try a to bit. put his shoulder into one extra defender. It's like, dude, just just get to the next play, please.
0: Can you hear him? I think we just lost Alistair. Yeah, yeah, I lost him too. Alice, are you still there, man? You're still on
3: the call. Yeah, can you guys hear me? Oh, no, gotcha, you, yeah, you can hear yeah,
2: now. You know. Okay, so, go back to your Chris Carson point. I I I really wanted to hear this. The world does.
3: Oh, it's just that like all of like all of these like hits or like the injuries that he's that he's getting are like a product of his own running style. Like it's not that he's getting hit by defenders and causing injury, it's that he's seeking out this contact and like handing out the punishment but it's just doing more harm than good like sometimes he can just duck out of bounds but instead he'll he'll put his shoulder into one last defender and just like man just just get out of bounds and let's get to the next play like you don't need to you don't need to finish every single run when you're like you literally don't need to do it you know but that's
2: why he's a seahawk
0: that's what pete uh, loves about him
2: but i also feel like that running style is what got him to to where he is i mean throughout his career he built that type of mentality and that type of style and coaches love it and now it just so happens that he's playing in the nfl where you know guys are more athletic stronger and bigger and so he's although he is still punishing these dudes don't get don't get it twisted but he is also taking more punishment i'm sure than he's used to at any other level and i think that that's starting to kind of like i just i guess what i'm saying is i don't think you could change that mentality that easily if it's what brought him to where oh no
3: i I I definitely agree with the mentality part and like yeah like you said that that's what makes him like the physical runner that he is but there's a fine line between like having contact balance and like finishing your runs and seeking out like unnecessary contact like I I was rewatching the Falcons game this morning and there were a couple runs where like the play was over and then he just like put his shoulder into one last defender where it's like (laughs) you're not getting any extra yards or anything like you're just doing that because like it's, it's like you said it's a mentality yeah and, you know, and that's wh- and that's why the Seahawks love him. And, like, you know, I think that's why fans love him. And that's why he's so much fun to watch. But, uh, yeah, it, it's just doing more harm than good at this point.
0: Yeah. That is why he's fun to watch. But also, he is a shifty motherfucker. He gets underrated. He has underrated shiftyness. Everybody thinks he's a bruiser. He's crafty. And he, he has all fucking front flips over people. Guy's a goddamn <laughs> ph- phenom. I love him.
3: Uh, yeah. Go ahead his like his one flaw outside of ball security is just like the long speed. Like he just can't bust off the long run. But yeah, his ability to spot cutback lanes and like the athleticism to flip his hips and hit them is is phenomenal. He's such a good athlete.
0: Yeah. That's exactly what I said. Just in different words, right, Zach? Let's just
2: let's get <laughs> let's get one full season of Chris Carson. I'm hoping for it. I mean I'm I'm a Seahawks fan. I would love to I would love to see him play a full season and see him see what he can do for the whole season and that would be awesome. My next question, though, is uh, Rashad Penny. Do you feel like he's ever going to be anything besides a, a backup running back in the NFL? Because I remember being pretty hype when the, when the Seahawks drafted him. Like, ooh, this guy, scat back, shifty, can catch balls out of the backfield, can make people kick returner. Miss. Yeah, I feel like he hasn't quite lived yeah. up to that hype so far.
3: Yeah, no, I, I I'm with you for sure. And like, I think I think a thing that really drew them to him in the draft is like. They're not the same player at all, um, but like his, his the way that he runs, like his legs are so wide that it is similar to Marshawn Lynch, just just the way that it looks, not not the running style mm-hmm. at all, but just like the split legged, and he has really good contact balance because of it. Um, you know, I don't know, just because of like you know the the injury he suffered, it sounds like it was really bad, like more than just a torn ACL. So maybe that kind of derails everything. Um, but more than anything, I think he's just been harmed that like. You know, how many games did Travis Homer get into last year? Like four. And in those four games, the Seahawks showed like a better understanding of Travis Homer's strengths than they had shown in the previous two years with Rashad Benny. Like every touch for Travis Homer is getting him into space and like letting him beat guys in one on ones. And that's what Rashad Penny does amazingly. Mm-hmm. But he just did not have enough outside carries. So it's like, you know, you're getting this really explosive like playmaker and you're just running him between the tackles and he's getting tripped up and it's just like there's just no point to it really. Um, so if he's going to reach his potential, either Seattle needs to show a better awareness of like what his strengths are and play to it, or it's going to be in somewhere else because I just, I just have a hard time thinking that he's going to succeed, you know, as an every down back running between the tackles, which, which sucks because like you said, really fun player. And I mean, they use a first round pick on him and that's, <laughs> that's really killing him now.
2: Yeah. 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 What's the guy, Z? Trey Flowers. Is he trash? Is he as trash as I think he is? <laughs> you think he's trash?
1: No, nah,
2: he. Yeah, dude. I. I, I he's solid, man. Like... So, okay, all right. I, I I get behind Shaq. I I love Shaq. So your earlier comment on on Shaq, I'm with you. I'm I'm with, I'm all about him. I just feel like on the backside, it feels more often than not that quarterbacks are picking on Trey Flowers, and I and it might just be me like cou- like couch watching this, but it just seems like more often than not. Whenever there's a big play, I look up, and then Trey got beat. What's your take on Trey Flowers?
3: Yeah, so I've been, uh, <laughs> for the past, like, four months, no, I've, okay, it's April, so like the past eight months, I've been warring with people on Twitter that think that Trey Flowers stinks <laughs> and needs to go, and I'm not even saying that he wasn't uh, a weak spot in the secondary last year, because he was. Um but I would say that you know he is just brand new to the cornerback position. Like he was a safety in college, so he's played 30 games at the position in his life um, in a scheme that's like infamously difficult to master. You know he's got the ideal like height, weight, length of a of a Pete Carroll corner, um, and like yes he struggled last year and yeah he needs to do a better job of turning and finding the ball. But like all of his numbers as far as completion percentage when targeted, um, yards per target when thrown at all of those things were improved. Like I think people were a lot higher on him uh, in 2018 because Shaquille Griffin was struggling so much in his sophomore season. Um, And then it was almost like flipped this year. But I think that uh, Seattle is going to try to find a way to keep flowers developing Um, just because, you know, Dunbar and Griffin are both on expiring contracts. So like, you don't want to just completely halt this guy's development. Mm -hmm. So no, I don't don't think he's trash. Um, I definitely think that, you know, he hasn't been good enough and he needs to make a big jump this season uh but i i wouldn't be willing to write him off and i don't think it would be smart to be because i think there's the potential there for for a really good player like he has shown to have innate ball skills at certain times it just it just hasn't fully come together yet but it, it might still and i really wouldn't be surprised if it would so so i th- i think patience there's definitely the possibility for patience to be rewarded with him
2: do you think that the, he has enough potential or, or enough of a ceiling to not invest in the position at all or address it in the offseason like you think we're solid in yeah. secondary we're we're good
3: I think that, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they drafted a nickel, like a pure nickel back uh, in the draft somewhere. But it also wouldn't surprise me if they go into into 2020 with like Flowers, Dunbar and Griffin as their three. And then, you know, when they go to nickel, Dunbar slides inside and Trey Flowers comes back and plays the right side. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just offer like a, a name to look out for on day three is Madre Harper. Uh, he's a cornerback from Southern Illinois. And, like, he's a freaky athlete, super long, used to play with flowers at Oklahoma State. Um, I know the, for a fact that Seahawks are interested in him. And, like, he, he's a guy that's flying on the radar. And if he, if they draft him on day three, like, I think he has the potential to reach, like, the ceiling of Byron Maxwell before he left for Philadelphia, where he's, like, bordering on a Pro Bowl player. Um, so if we're looking for, like, the next kind of, like, clever addition by Seattle on the back end, Harper is the name to keep in mind there. So I do think they'll add a name. It just might not be, like, a pure nickel corner.
0: Okay. Okay. I what what are your thoughts on Marquis Blair? Is he the starting safety starting the season next year?
3: I mean, if he is, then they have a hell of a player because no one benefited from Diggs's arrival more than McDougald. Like McDougald looks like a completely different player after Diggs entered the lineup. Um, and so I have a hard time thinking that that Blair is going to be able to displace McDougald. Uh, but I also think that like you know, if, if the situation that I just suggested happens where Dunbar, Griffin, Flowers are the guys who are getting the, the cornerback snaps, I think McDougal would also probably draw a lot of responsibility as far as like covering the quicker and more receiving threat tight ends. Uh, in which case Blair would probably enter the lineup as well and they're kind of like rolling in a big nickel package. So I think Blair will see the field more. And I and I'm quite high on Blair. I, I was you know, he started what three games last year and they were really fun. Um but if he's starting next year, then then he's going to be really fucking good because McDougal's going to be hard to beat out.
0: Why? So why do you think that he lost his starting job? Because like I agree with that. I think that he did. He flashed when he started, and then he just all of a sudden was back on the bench.
3: Uh, I think it was just Diggs' rival. Um, like I think from I mean from what I've heard, it sounds like he was kind of struggling with the mental side of the game a little bit more, um, which is fair because there's a lot of like responsibility for safeties in Pete's defense. Um, but you know, if they're gonna play their best two safeties or, or playing their best two safeties last year, it was Diggs and McDougal, like without a doubt, and mm-hmm. they were both they were both really good down the stretch. So I don't think that it's an indictment of him having having kind of not been able to hold on to that position once Diggs arrived. So you're just
0: much higher on D- or on uh, McDougal than per se Evan Hill, who thinks that Marquis player is the next coming of God
3: oh my god what okay so <laughs> the idea that J- jamal adams could be had for a third round pick in Marquise Blair I can't believe you tweeted that brain too. melt out of my ears like <laughs> yeah, what do we
0: evan if you're listening bro that come was... on man come on even you know yeah that was a little much
3: <clears throat> yeah that was that was i love evan but that was questionable for sure um yeah no i think i think marquis Blair will come good but it just might just might be a while because McDougal is really, really good, and uh, he he just suffered having to play next to Tedrick Thompson. Because, I mean, who wouldn't? You know?
0: <laughs> Seriously, Tedrick might as well put fucking Jr. out there. Speaking of Jr., uh, <laughs> what questions do you have for your Patriots? Your low. Let me get one more. Let me get. Oh, one, sorry, one, sorry, one more. sorry, sorry. Z, go ahead. Long term
2: career status: Is DK Metcalf gonna end up in Canton
3: or not? <laughs> I mean...
0: One year of data.
3: I, okay. Yeah, I don't know if one we'll year in, in the Canada. NFL. <laughs> Are we looking at a Hall of Fame receiver but... or what? <laughs> <This> is... <laughs> the most optimistic answer I can give you is that I'm not willing to put a ceiling on his game yet. So maybe. Like, would it surprise me if you ended up as a Hall of Famer? No, because he is phenomenal. And I have no idea where his ceiling is yet. Word. Who has a better 2020? Him or Lockett? Lockett has more catches, but Metcalf has more yards and touchdowns.
0: Okay.
2: All right. I like it.
3: But Me- like Metcalf is a superstar. Let's 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 make that very clear. Yeah. He's gonna be a superstar. Agreed.
0: My it's fear so is funny. that with with the the sophomore class this coming year is gonna be so strong with Debo and with AJ Brown and with Hollywood and McLaren, all these all these rookies that flashed last year, and then this is the deepest wide receiver draft, supposedly, that we've seen. So like the wide receiver position is going to get really blurred this coming year potentially, so I I just hope the DK still stands out doesn't get caught in the in the fold. Uh,
3: yeah, I mean I think there will be a lot of guys like in like you said in last year's draft class and then again this year who maybe are as like skilled as him maybe as impactful but like nobody has the size speed combination. Metcalf like he'll stand out no matter how talented the group gets because he's just. He's he's a unique breed. Um, I, maybe he's not the best receiver out of his draft class because AJ Brown seems like he's a phenom as well. But um what were yeah, they Metcalf doing stands out just at Ole Miss, dude. Like, how did they not
0: AJ <laughs> Brown and Metcalf on the outside? Just close your eyes and just <laughs> throw it up. Yeah, let it fly, dude. Like, it's crazy.
3: I mean, it was, it was like those LSU teams that had uh, Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry and they had Zach Mettenberger throwing down balls
0: for <laughs> <laughs> Old Zachy boy. Oh, man. Yeah, it's true. Go Titans. Uh, JR, do you have any <laughs> lowly, lowly questions for the slums that are the New England Patriots sure, fans? Sure,
1: sure. I, I guess, you know, what's your... It's hard to... It's really hard to understand Belichick, right? I mean, so I think you would be the... The person that I've talked to that knows most football, um, that's not... Uh, I'm right here. I'm right um, here, James. Emotionally <laughs> uh, uh, grounded or uh, highly drunk most of the time about when we talk football. So I'm just kind of curious.
3: Um, I wouldn't say that with so much certainty, but okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he just
0: described his favorite drink to drink in spring and all the other beers <laughs> around that time.
1: So come on. All right. Sorry. Um, uh, sorry, Alistair. Uh but I uh, what what do you think their his mindset is going into this draft? I mean, I've always thought I've always I've even watching him for the last 20 years, I've never understood half the things he's done. So, I'm just kind of curious if you've got a, maybe a better grasp of what do you think he's thinking? I mean, get, I mean, I understand giving up Gronk. I mean, that's not that's not a big, you know, brain buster there. It's free I mean, money was, right there. Yeah, he wasn't coming back uh to the Patriots period and it sounded like he had a hard time with some, some of the things there, but kind of what what do you think is is his mindset going into this draft not having a quarterback um not really having a wide receiver uh not really having a tight end you know i mean it's kind of <laughs> his linebackers are gone i mean what do you think
3: yeah i mean i think it's going to be really interesting because like it seems like logic would suggest that You know, he's going to want to turn around and try to get back to competing as quick as possible just because of like, you know, he's getting a little bit older and and who knows how much time he has left coaching. But then it was like, you know, he but he wasn't even willing to he wasn't even willing to like sacrifice, uh, you know, the long term when they had Brady. So is he all of a sudden going to do that and like, you know, maybe, you know, trade a future pick to get up in a position to get to um So it's it's I really don't know. Um it, it, it seems to go against, like, all logical lines of thinking, but I kind of think that he's ready to maybe not embrace a rebuild, but at least try to kind of see through a transitional phase. Um, so I don't think that they're going to do anything kind of, like, hurried any anytime soon. Um, but at the same time, like, he's not stupid, and so I think he realizes that Stidham is probably not the answer, and that they need to not necessarily get an immediate improvement but at least bring in another option. So I you know he's such a difficult like you said just a hard person to get a grasp on and I find him to be like endlessly compelling. I think he's yeah. he's one of the most interesting characters in in football history but like it's um yeah, I I I'm more inclined to think that you know he's going to oversee a transitional phase rather than try to turn around and compete in 2020 to like spite Tom Brady or to to maintain his legacy or anything like his legacy will be fine no matter what happens. Right. Um and yeah, I, I just I think that uh, I think he's gonna be a lot more patient with it than, than people expect him to be. Yeah. But guys That's what I thought
2: but guys, are the Patriots really that bad? I mean think about it. They Their don't defense have a, is rough. They don't have any skill players. They don't have a quarterback, but they have uh Mohammed Sanu who underperformed last season. <laughs> He's not that bad of a receiver. He's and then <laughs> their defense is dirty. They got the McCordy's They got Stephon Gilmore, Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, I would argue that they're a couple moves away from being able to compete again.
0: I love how you said Sanu before Edelman. <laughs> it's like, yeah, fucking, just, they got well, Sanu. Edel-
2: Edelman's, Ed- Edelman's about to join the Bucs. Oh yeah, because they need more fucking breaking news. Today. Is
1: that? Did you get the scoop? Is
2: Edelman's that... on his way to Tampa Bay. He's like, wait a minute, <laughs> wait, I missed the boat,
0: dude. Yeah. Oh, man, that's funny. I, 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 So, so my question, I guess, is, Alistair, what, what future Hall of Fame quarterback are they, are the Patriots going to draft in the sixth round this year? Because that seems to be their <laughs> thing, right? And if it's not Aaron Gordon from Washington State, why not?
3: I mean that seems obvious, right? Because now sixth round picks from Washington State just coming in and immediately, immediately ball out, right?
0: U Dub has a quarterback that's coming up that seems pretty tight. Where does Eason go, and how bad is his career going to be?
3: Uh, he'll go too high, and his career will be exactly as bad as most people think. <laughs> you, do,
2: you, do you guys really think he's going to be trash, or are you guys just like against you Dub? I don't even know what. He, I, don't, I don't think you. What
0: school did you go to, Alistair?
3: <laughs> I my school didn't have a, a football program or anything. I, I have no loyalty. I think the NCA is just kind of gross, and college football <laughs> is pretty boring. Um, but uh, I think like I don't. I don't really see Eason becoming a starter. Damn. Wow.
0: Damn. I had a bet with my buddy Keaton McCady said that. Eason have a better career than Gardner Minshew, and Minshew's already started some games and is going to be a fucking Hall of Famer, so I'm, I'm excited to hear you say that.
2: <laughs> he started some games and he's going to be a Hall of
0: Famer. Wow. Yeah. that's, a, that's a No, he's job. going to be a Hall of Famer, but I do have a question, actually, for my buddy, uh, Toby. He is a homie from up here in Anchorage with me, and he wanted me to ask, he's a Jaguars fan, what did the Jaguars do at number nine if you had to pick for them, which would probably be better than whoever's picking for them now? <laughs>
3: You know, it's uh I hate to say this to you, but I have this like sneaking suspicion that they're gonna be more interested in a quarterback than everybody thinks. Like I don't I wouldn't be one bit surprised if they drafted Tua. Um yeah, that's that's kind of my like sneaky suspicion. So you think he falls to Otherwise... the Otherwise Okay, so this is the thing is everybody seems to be trying to start this dialogue of like Tua's gonna fall, Tua's gonna fall, all these possibilities. But we do this every single year and then like all of a sudden a team's gonna like I if I had to bet, I would say that probably like LA or Miami will move up to three just to get him, uh to like secure him. Um, but you know, if he all of a sudden falls, I really don't I wouldn't be surprised at all if Jacksonville, like if he gets there to nine, if Jacksonville takes him, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um like probably more realistic answer anywhere on the defense I think they'll they'll have to address whether that's like Kinlaw, um Akuda if he falls a little bit. Yeah, I think they just got to like beef up that defense because you know they built it to like win now in 2017 and then it fell apart really quickly. So I think they got to restock.
0: It. Win now three years ago. That's a great strategy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Talby, there you go. Um, all right, any more questions before we head to our final? Z got who's going number one?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Some it's
2: people are that- saying Chase
3: Young. Oh. It'll, be, it'll be burrow it'll be if if it's not burrow um like s- just sink cincinnati stadium into the ohio river or next to i think
0: stadium. regardless <laughs> if they take burrow just do that anyways like that just needs to happen yeah it wouldn't be the worst thing the it really wouldn't nobody would notice i'll tell you that much um, i love you aj green so if you could add one since we are a comic book podcast we're going straight nfo which i fucking love would what superpower would you add to football? Just football, and if it was uh, properly maintained, properly, like every like you wouldn't just add it right now. Like you would add it with a purpose, and there'd be like things around it to make it work. You, Alistair, what would yeah, you? Yeah, I I, be?
3: I was like putting a, putting a lot of thought into this one, and I think that like invisibility would be added, but you know it would have to be rules where like. You know, it can only be one player at a time and it has to be pre-snap because I started thinking about the idea of like, you know, Tyler Lockett goes invisible and then all of a sudden goes on a jet sweep. And the ball is snapped and he reappears and he's already at the quarterback with the ball in his hands. Like, I feel like that could have awesome, awesome results. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think invisibility would be the funnest, the most fun one. Okay. Um, you know, I was also yeah, I was having a hard time thinking of of other ones like. It's like superhuman strength. We already saw that with Cam Chancellor.
0: uh, (laughs) Bam, bam, baby. I Love it. Okay. Okay, invisibility. Do you guys have anything you want to add to that? Any any, any thoughts? I was
2: actually thinking about this uh, a little bit today, too. And I think that if I could add anything to the game, it would be adamantium bones and ligaments. Because I think that basically what I'm trying to do is eliminate injuries. Because I think that if nobody ever got injured, We'd get a much purer picture of who is actually the best, just on a pure like talent, skill, type of situation. Like like Chris Carson. We were talking a lot about Chris Carson. He might actually be one of the best running backs in the NFL, but he's always injured, and so we never actually get to see it. Well, what if we just made it so nobody ever got injured? Then we'd get a clearer picture of who is the best. I feel like sometimes injuries rob us of that, and I'd like to
0: take it away. I fucking love that answer, bro. That's the right That's answer. That's the right answer for sure. JR, what do you got? It's wrong. Whatever you have. Uh, it's the wrong one. <laughs>
1: I uh I think uh being able to manipulate like illusions, you know, you, you know, you see one play at at the line, but then it's actually something else, you know, kind of like a, a magical trick, little curtain, you know, you're thinking run, all oh, you see run, you see the, the little telltale signs it's run, and then all so of a Peyton sudden you're Manning. like yeah, so Peyton Manning skill basically, uh, but um, yeah, that's what I think. Just some kind of mass illusion power to manipulate, and then all of a sudden you got a different play coming out, and you're like, what? and so now you really have to uh, uh apply your ability to um, react faster and your uh, ability, you know, your athletics, you know, God given skills that you were given to catch up or to figure out you know instead of reading signs and you know i know all about reading signs and videotaping so um yeah you do t- t- plays, so uh, <laughs> i think that would be really good being able to kind of throw that cloud over your mind at the at the call of the the play dude that's
0: that's awesome so mysterio kind of affects, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. mislead misdirection i like that I love that a lot. Yeah, Shanahan would be a fan. That's for sure. Um, I, I I had initially it's your question. The, yeah, you answer it. Well, so I watched The Invisible Man over the weekend, and one thing that was cool was about the good? movie it was pretty good. But he, uh, he has like this suit that's how he turns invisible. Spoiler, and um, I say spoiler after I reveal it. And it's <laughs> it's cool because it's like the more you fuck with him, the more it's like flashing like back and forth. So you can see parts of him, you know. And I thought that if everybody was invisible, so, but there's paint involved somehow. So you see like splatters of paint around so you know where people are. And then you try and like knock that off them. And like if you get clear, then you're completely invisible. And like there's like a strategy to it. I thought that'd be kind of cool. But my thought wasn't that developed as in Ma- Yeah, that was a bones. terrible idea. That was the worst <laughs> idea out of all. Well, problem. I said your question. I said your answer was right, Zach. So I don't know what else you want from me. <laughs> Goddamn. Can you imagine
2: uh, the camera starting and the game starts and nobody can see anything? The ball is just It's floating. like we're all just looking at a field. <laughs> I'm into that. It's better than what we have right now. Like, and he's going up the sideline and we're all just staring at an empty field.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I said there was paint involved. Damn it. All right, anyways. Maybe a powder. I don't know. I don't know yet. But I say yet because this is going to be in development. So that, that's... <laughs> That's all we have for our episode today, but before we we close out, let's go into plugs a little bit here. So, um as always at uh, Hop Heroes, you can find us at Hop Heroes Pod on Instagram and Twitter, but Alistair, what do you want to plug before we sign you off, man?
3: Yeah, yeah, just uh check out everybody's work at feelgoals.com. Um you know, we're going to be kind of all over the draft in the coming days, so yeah, just strongly recommend to kind of, uh, if you want to quickly read about a prospect as soon as the pick happens or kind of a deeper dive as the week goes by afterwards, um, yeah, just check out Field Goals for sure.
0: And he's being modest, but if you go at by Alistair Corp, he will show you some shit that will make you realize how great of a phenom Chris Carson is and other Seahawks <laughs> and other Seahawks. But the guy's got great content. Z, anything you want to shout out? Um, dot com. Uh, we got hop heroes. We
2: got uh sleep easy, hip hop, comic books. Um, got a, some blog posts coming up and just, you know, lots of cool content. So dot com. check it out.
0: Jr.
1: Uh, just like always, it's uh plug. Our, our, our unofficial official sponsor action city comics, you know, they're, he's doing uh, curbside right now. And obviously the local businesses and local comic book stores are struggling the most. Um, being that their distributor is not even distributing comics to them uh but he's still got stuff to sell so check out their uh their instagram at action city comics and uh you can buy anything online so go do that
0: absolutely man yeah shout out to all the local comic book stores please support them especially as much as you can right now with whatever creative ways they have going out there um Big shout out to uh, Butte Brand and Britain. Uh, your beer was delicious, uh, and especially Alistair and Field Goals. Thank you so much for coming on this episode, man. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks. It and was. all of our fans are mostly comic book fans, so they all learned a lot, <laughs> um, and we learned a great lump sum. And I think that we just added some viewers to the uh, the draft on Thursday. So thank you so much, man.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. This is fun. Yeah.
0: All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you all next week. Peace!